Welcome to Science Fiction Monologues. Have an original work you'd like featured on Sci-Fi Monologues? Email me with streams of consciousness, letters, voice messages, or any other monologue-style story. Send your written or recorded story to tyler at tylersharris.com. Episode 1. Autophagy A human can survive 21 days without food. A snake can survive months, a crocodile a year. I've heard some animals, in order to maintain the fuel source they need to continue living, digest their own body tissues. It's called autophagy. Not autocannibalism, mind you, because that involves actively consuming your own flesh. Autophagy occurs more naturally. Now, you won't see any signs about autophagy at the zoo. Believe me, I've searched. I've read every sign there is to read in this zoo, and I'm about a third of the way through the big cat books in the gift shop. Boring as shit, those animal books. The animal signs have much more interesting information. Facts like wombats poop in cubes, a baby giraffe falls six feet to the ground when it's born, or a group of tigers is called an ambush. Most interesting of all is why there are dogs in the cheetah exhibit. No, they're not food. Cheetahs are often shy around humans, but can mimic the dog's behavior and become calmer as long as the dog is calm. Over the course of what I assume was years, these creatures formed a familial bond. Therefore, I kept both animals alive so the dog could help me hunt. The other big cats only lasted a few weeks. I had to let them pass for lack of utility to myself and lack of ability to kill them even if I wanted to. The elephant, on the other hand, I let die on purpose. Anyone who thinks I'm going to keep an elephant fed when I can hardly feed myself is dumber than a lemming who, by the way, jumps off cliffs and swims into the ocean until it drowns simply because it's following the leader. Besides, elephants had the largest plot of land, most of which could be used for planting vegetables. Most of that land belonged to James, who asked to take charge of the Animals of Africa exhibit. Wasn't smart of him to request it, as it is not well protected in case of attack, but I didn't argue. I took the aquarium. It was more self-sustaining and the next best food source behind James's elephant farm. He and I traded whenever he got sick of rodent meat. The one thing James and I truly agreed on was how we would handle a hostile invasion. If we were ever outnumbered by any unfriendlies, we would unleash all the deadliest animals on our enemies. For that reason, we gave some animals just enough food to stay alive and hungry. If we were ever invaded, James would run to the gorilla, hippopotamus, and rhinoceros exhibits, while I'd be in charge of the cheetah and dog, along with poisonous spiders and snakes. I can't remember the name for fear of snakes, but James has it. I know fear of spiders is arachnophobia, and fear of sharks is called galliophobia, but I can't for the life of me remember the word for fear of snakes. But our animals were our livelihood and our most powerful weapons. If we couldn't have the land, nobody could have the land. James and I had a bit of a falling out three weeks in. He killed one of the flamingos for meat since they were so comfortable around humans he didn't need to hunt them. What he didn't consider was the flamingo's ability to fly. All he got was one, then the others disappeared with nothing left behind other than the pond of fish and shrimp in their exhibit. Since then, James and I had a less symbiotic relationship. We were more of just cohabitants like the tapir and llama. That is, until he became my prey. 
I've since forgotten what exactly led to the argument. Chances are it had something to do with him wanting more territory. The majority of the land was considered to be mine, and we were so self-sustaining we could have brought in an entire family. Only nobody ever came. My issue was trust. As much as I could use the help, I didn't want the flamingo assassin accidentally polluting the little water we had on reserve. This disagreement metamorphosed James from calm to killer. They were just juvenile pranks at first, trading with empty corn husks, setting poison ivy traps, all relatively harmless. I decided to retaliate when the pranks grew annoying. My goal was to come up with a prank severe enough to convince him he was messing with the wrong guy. One night, I stuck two glass cages full of Southern Pacific and Red Diamond rattlesnakes in his sleeping quarters. He was never in any danger, the cages were sealed closed, but he couldn't sleep for days due to fear I would do it again. Oh, ophidiophobia. That's the word for fear of snakes. James's insomnia may or may not have led to some delusional thoughts. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I believe some psychosis was a factor. Not unheard of, considering we were the only two human survivors we knew of. Still, that does not excuse what he did. I had just returned from my most successful hunting trip with my dog. We got two turkeys, so big I couldn't carry both myself. Upon arrival at the zoo, I was making my way past the cheetah exhibit to tell James the good news when I heard whimpering from behind me. I figured it was just my dog greeting the cheetah until the whimpers evolved into yelping sobs. The dog was howling in terror by the time I had returned to the cheetah exhibit to see the cheetah motionless, on the ground, with blood leaking from its belly. I immediately knew what James had done. Cross the line. As I stormed to the Africa exhibit, I lost track of whether the dog was growling or if I was just hearing myself. I blacked out sometime between the walk-up to the former giraffe exhibit and locking broken-nosed, busted-lipped James in the cheetah cage. Not the cheetah exhibit, the cheetah cage. Where they can only walk in small circles. Where they can only stay for eight hours or their sanity is sacrificed. It's an eighth the size of a prison cell, while a cheetah's natural habitat can span over 500 square miles. We never spoke. I didn't, at least. He tried reasoning with me, but I didn't listen. I only stared, contemplating what my next action would be. Should I let the rattlesnakes have him? Should I let the dog have the revenge it deserved? Should I lock myself in the cage with a knife until only one of us walked out? In the end, no death was worthy. So I did nothing. A human can survive 21 days without food. James survived for 18. Written by Tyler Harris. With editing by Ashley Ede. Performed by Tyler Harris.